Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're going to mouth off too. Damn. This is Mouthing Off with Olivia. Cat done. BB21. This is great. Hello. Woo. So let's talk about Dallas because we're both Texas girls. I went to college around the same time when you were a Dallas Mavs dancer mm-hmm. and I was working for Fox Sports for the Mavs. So you were probably dancing while I was on the court doing sports things. I actually remember. Not, that's so funny that you bring that up because now I have this flashback of seeing you, I feel like. Because I, you and I were friends on Facebook. Yes. I usually only had people that I know on Facebook, but I guess you were so much of a best friend in my head that I added you on Facebook. <laughs> so, I mean, our paths have definitely crossed. I mean, I was there at least once or twice a week, I felt like. And I was always, yeah. like, interning for the Mavs and stuff like that. That's awesome. And just stared at y'all thinking, holy shit, that's so cool. Honestly, what you were doing was, was way cooler. <laughs> we were trying to compare... Dallas Cowboys making the team, which I watched. What year was that? So I was on it twice. I tried out right when I graduated from high school, which was in 2008. And then I tried out again after I graduated from college in 2013. And both times made it to training camp, didn't make the team. (laughs) But it was fun. And honestly, those were two of my favorite, best life experiences. I know as cheesy as that sounds, because I met all of my best friends that way. And I actually owe a lot a lot of the confidence that I have and like, just like the, I feel like I have the, like, I really pride myself in that I am truly 100% myself. And a lot of that is because of the audition process that I went through when I was 18. And I was kind of, that was the first time that I really put myself out there and was rewarded for it. And like felt like absolutely empowered and like I could do whatever I've set my mind to. So I tell everybody, I owe so much to the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleader organization for making me who I am today. What's the main like head coach's name? The the woman? Kelly. Kelly. Okay. She's terrifying. You know what? She is. She, <laughs> she's very scary when you're dancing in front of her and you're trying to impress her. But something that they don't show on the show is that she's actually very, well, at least to me, I feel like she always kind of took a liking to me. Not a, not a liking enough to have me make a team. Right. But she was, al- she was always very, very nice to me. And on the show, they kind of edit her to look like some badass that, you know, like she's always critiquing the girls. But all of, she really does like live and breathe the Dallas Cowboys cheerleader organization and she wants what's best for all the girls. So, so she's a hard ass, but I like her a lot. I just remember watching the, the outfit fittings or whatever and everyone being like, Oh, it doesn't fit. Honestly, that's so for show because there'd be times that like when I tried out, so when I tried out when I was 18, I was so, so skinny. So I, I got no feedback at all about my body because I was 18 and in like the best shape of my life. But when I tried out when I was 23, you know, Things change. I had discovered Whataburger. I've been in college. I've been drinking for a couple of years. So, you know, like obviously, like it was harder to is harder to be in like that perfect eighteen year old shape. So I did get called out, and they did tell me, you know, they're like, oh, you need to like kind of tone up for the uniform. But when we were having that conversation, it, she was very like, 
you know, you need to lose, you need to lose five pounds. And then she'd be like, oh, but, but I think you look great. And it was a bit, it was done in a very nice, okay. like constructive way. But then of course, whenever they show it on the show, she's like, I think you should lose five pounds. So it's same like every other show. There's some sort of editing and drama and all that. Yeah. And also, but I also think that sometimes, I mean, this is what I had to deal with with the Mavericks organization too, is you know, part, like looking good in the uniform is part of the job. And some people can take that criticism, whether it's destructively or not. And some people can't. So I am someone who can take that constructively. But uh, but yeah, I, I just remember seeing that moment because I didn't leave that uniform fitting feeling like she was calling me fat. And then whenever they aired it on the show, I was like, wow, she really called she me fat. She called huh? me fat. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was, it was just it's editing, you know. So you've already been on TV. You know how it works. Would you say you were a Big Brother super fan by any means? No. So this is funny. <laughs> so I so I was a recruit for the show, and oh. I would I would have absolutely kept that a secret because I know that fans of the show hate recruits. So when I and so I was recruited to go on, and but I researched everything. I lived and breathed Big Brother. I, I watched, I binge watched a seasons 20, seasons 19, and some of season 16. I studied on the best Big Brother moves, the worst Big Brother moves, the best characters of all time, the worst characters of all time. Like I was studying for it like it was the LSAT or something. <laughs> because I wanted to go in. I didn't want to be like, I, and also I would read Reddit and I would read like, you know, things on Twitter that people were saying because I wanted to be prepared for not only the show, but like also like how I would be received on the show. And I learned enough to know that the fans of the show do not like recruits. <laughs> and, and it's really just because, and I get it. It's because... They want super fans. They do. And... And I, I guess I kind of have like that kind of personality that I dive 1000% into everything that I do. So, so for me, like it was like, I could, I could see how sometimes there might be a recruit that just wants to go in for TV time or, you know, like they're just going to show up and they didn't really study for it. And then they end up being a huge flop and it doesn't really show respect to the game that all these fans have been, you know, loving, like growing up on and loving. And I wanted to be able to do justice for the game that they'll love um but so i kept it a secret the entire time even when i was like having conversations in the house i was talking about how i was a super fan and i knew enough information that i could chime in with people's conversations and i knew exactly who they were talking about moves that the person made all that um but then i get home and i'm looking at my cbs like uh profile and those bitches they took snippets of my initial application and this is before I had studied Big Brother. And one of the questions was, who's your favorite Big Brother contestant of all time? And my answer, I'm a dumbass, was like, well, I don't watch the show, so I don't really know anyone. But I guess, like, Dan Giesling seems pretty cool. I was like, they totally blew my cover. So now I just have to be up front and say, I'm, a, I'm not a super fan. I was a recruit, but I absolutely love and respect game. And, and I think people respect that. I mean, I think that people know that I did my research. Beforehand, did you even know, like, what an HOH was? Anything like that at all? I hate to even say this, but no, I didn't. <laughs> it's nothing against the show. Um, it's, it's not that I didn't want to watch the show. I don't. I didn't watch any TV. I just got. I got a TV like two months before I left because I knew that I needed a TV to watch Big Brother. So I went out and like bought a TV. But usually, I spend so much of my time on social media. I'm, well, I'm a workaholic for one, so I'm either working all the time or then in my free time, I'm on social media. And I just always thought. I'm not going to have a TV because that's the last thing I need is to get involved Sucked in some in series. TV, right? Yeah. And then I'm like binge watching and then I'm not productive at all. So it wasn't that it, I was I like, I'm as, I'm as much of a super fan as I can be now, but I just didn't watch TV. So, <laughs> so based on what you watched, what did you take into the house? Like, 
how did you think you should play? Well, I thought I was going to be the Tyler of the season. Joke's on me. <laughs> I guess I, it's so funny because when you're watching the show, there's all these things that you see go on in the show. And you're like, for instance, they're like, why are these people trusting Tyler? Like, why? Like, he's obviously lying. Why are they going? Like, why are they trusting him with these big game moves, things like that? And it's so obvious to you as a viewer. But then when you're in the house, you realize that you don't re- like I was pretty good at picking up on people's lies because mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at reading people's body language and like interpersonal skills. But like there were times that I it was because you're so you're alone in that house and all you're doing is talking to your fellow house guests and that's all you know. So when they're lying to you, it's like you you want to believe them because and then also me like I I mean I did lie quite a bit because you have to but I would also kind of see things from my point of view because I'd be like well why is that why why would that person be lying about this because I didn't realize because you don't know what's going on in their head with their game who is the worst liar uh, <laughs> Tommy Tommy I think it's because the way that he lied I could always pick up on I could always pick up that he was lying and no one else could because for instance like me and Holly would talk about it and Holly could not decide like she didn't she never knew when tommy was lying it was like she had no idea but me i noticed that when he lied he would always like sit stick up straighter and he would kind of like he kind of hold his head to an angle and just the way that he would like hold his mouth like it was a very like it was a very he would kind of stiffen up i guess and i think it might be because he's an actor of sorts you think he'd be the best yeah well no but he was like it I think it's just because I, and again, it's not that anyone else saw it. It's that for some reason with him, I could always pick up when he was lying. But for instance, I bet that there was a lot of people that they could absolutely pick out when I was lying. Oh, you know, sure. and here I thought, and here I thought I was a great liar, and some people probably did too. But then there could, there's always that one person that can get on your shit, and oh. and also, and I think Tommy, Tommy's probably onto my shit. I was onto Tommy's shit, and he evicted me. So. <laughs> Fair enough. He won. As far as your house guests, did you have any first impressions that stuck out to you? Yeah. I mean, so when I moved in, for some reason, maybe this is a super fan of me. I did all this research and I didn't do the simple research of realizing that when you go into the house, those people that you're meeting, like really soak it in because they're the only people you're going to see for a hundred days. Yeah. And I knew that, but it didn't really sink in. And I just remember I was so overwhelmed. I was so nervous on the move-in day. And I kind of have, I have honestly like a clouded memory of kind of what happened because I was very much just going through the motions and I didn't realize quite then what I'd get my, gotten myself into. And also we had been in a sequester for about a week, a week prior. So I missed all of the press, all of everything that was going on. You know, I was doing the press, but I didn't realize like the magnitude of what I was doing. So I move in and I'm like, I'm very much a shell of myself, I think, just because I wasn't really realizing a thousand percent of what I was getting myself into. Um, I mean, as far as first impressions go, of course, um, you know, me and Holly did have a we did have a bit of a history together, so I was very happy to see her in the house. But you had to pretend that you didn't yes. know her. Yeah, I had to yeah. pretend that I didn't know her. Me and Jackson, of course, hit it off from the get-go. Um, I also hit it off right away with Jess. Um, I had recognized her from my finals, from the final audition. Oh, okay. So and she was kind of like sitting near me, and she, and she laughs whenever I say this. She was my best friend in my head 
from <laughs> finals to when we moved in. And I was so excited to see her there because when I saw her, she was just giving off this really great energy at finals. And I was like, man, I have to be her friend. So um, I actually came on really strong with our friendship and she thought that I was conspiring against her. Like for the first time, she she has told people that if she had gotten camp director, she would have banished me <laughs> because I was so like, I was like, let's share a bed together. Like she was like, this girl's crazy. Um, but then she got to know me and she she understood, I think. Will you talk about how you, you know, at first kind of got in your head a little bit and week one, you were like wanting to self evict. Oh yeah. You were super emotional. <laughs> like what was going on in your head? Oh my gosh, a couple of things. So the first thing was, I always have considered myself to be a very independent person, and I still do, but I realized when I was in the Big Brother house that it wasn't me that was so independent. It was that I had the right people surrounding me in the real world that whenever I was faced with a problem, I could always go to them, or I could always call my mom and get her advice or my best friend to get his advice. And uh, like, and I, it, was, it wasn't that I was solo like you know singly independent it was that i just had, was surrounded by the right people and when i got into the big brother house i didn't have any of that and other than really jess and holly to an extent um i mean those were the only people that i really felt like i could talk to um but then also during that week because i was on the block i was kept out of all the major alliances which actually ended up being a good thing but um, then also I would have people tell me that they couldn't even talk to me or they couldn't associate with me because it was bad for their game. Right. And that's just a really hard pill to swallow when I come in and I'm used to I, I'm used to fitting in in most social scenarios because I am always working with different types of people. I love meeting new people. And I just kind of, I guess it was just a, it was a harsh reality to take that these people didn't like me and they didn't even want to associate with me. So it was a very lonely feeling. Um, the other thing is, is that I had just my personality being as headstrong as I am. I'll be damned if I was about to go out on those people's dime. I wanted to go out because I wanted to go out. So in my head, I was like, I'm not about to let these bitches vote me out. I'm going to leave before they get the chance. <laughs> I get but it. that's yeah. actually not how Big Brother works. <laughs> so, <laughs> Should have watched a couple more episodes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I, like, I knew it, but being in that mindset, I was like, are these... I was like, are they really going to vote me out because they don't like me? I was like, well, I don't like them either. I'm going to leave before they can vote me out. <laughs> but I was open about it. I mean, I told Tommy. I told... I told uh, Jackson, I, I told some people because there was one, who was it? I think, I uh, because I'm not a super fan, I don't know who this is, but I know everyone else will know who it is. There was a guy a couple seasons ago that he would get by all, like, for, he would get by a lot because he would tell people, like, oh, just evict me. Evict me, I don't care, like, evict me. <laughs> and it's kind of like a, like, when when you're telling people to evict you, like they're not going to do it because they don't want to do what you tell them to do. So it was kind of, I was kind of also trying to see like, well, maybe this will work. I have nothing to lose. So then I was sitting there saying like, well, I'm just going to self-evict. Like I'm self-evicting. And then I think people were like, okay, hold on. We should probably evict Ovi because he actually wants to be here and play and he has a power and all this. And Catherine, she's going to self-destruct sooner or later. So we'll just like leave her here. <laughs> so as, as weird as it is, it actually ended up being great gameplay. But, um, but yeah, and I'm also glad that I didn't self-evict because I, I ended up having a great, great, great summer. And that was at the same kind of point where conspiring bitches came about. So funny. Who would have thunk that now you're monetizing conspiring bitches? <laughs> I know. My parents didn't know that I like said bitch so much. 
like they were like i think like when i got back they were like you really have a mouth on you don't you and i was like oh yeah sorry <laughs> are you bitches conspiring against me and i don't even know how i i wish i could remember i guess it's kind of that that whole cloudy memory thing that i have from the very beginning I wish I could remember what I was thinking and why I decided to say that. I mean, you said so many incredible things. There's a few I'm going to address, but there's just so many. Yeah, I think a lot of it's because because I don't have a TV and I only spend my time on social media. Like all of my humor is from memes. So <laughs> now people are like calling me the meme queen. And like they say that I'm like a living meme. And I think it's because that's like my that's where I get my entertainment is from memes. I actually have like a like I have a couple of friends that every day we send each other like just funny memes. So at what point in the whole process did you start having a little bit of a crush on Jackson? <laughs> okay, unpopular. Well, pop. Wait, I'm gonna get dragged for this because I know how the show was edited. I really did. I have a crush on Jackson. Yeah. Was I in love with Jackson? No. Did I want to show Andrew Jackson? No. I don't think anyone ever thought you were in love with him. It wasn't necessarily that I had a crush on him that I was like wanting to like be with him. It was that he, him and I hit it off. Our personalities really clicked right away. I loved talking with him. He was the only person in the house, aside from Holly and Jess, that I truly enjoyed having conversation with him. And I, and while everyone else was, well, I didn't really fit in with everyone else at the time. Everyone else was telling me, you know, was kind of avoiding me because I was on the block. He was someone who I really looked forward to talking with. Um, he reminded me a lot of my guy friends back home. Um, he just reminded me of someone that I would hang out with on the outside world. And that's what I needed at that time. I mean, it wasn't ever anything serious. Whenever him and Holly started going together, I was like, perfect. Great. Um, mm. I, that was never something that I was... I, the only thing that upset me about when he quote unquote broke up with me or whatever they <laughs> aired it as, I was I was upset because the words that he used were more like I can't be associated with you. You're bad for my game. You're bad for my game. Like like it was more. It wasn't that he didn't want to be with me romantically because I could care less. It was that it was that he didn't want to be my friend. And, and because of where I was in that moment where I had literally the entire house, other than really Jess at that time, saying that they couldn't be they couldn't associate themselves with me because it was bad for their game. I mean, he wasn't the first one to say that. Um, it was just it, I was like, who do these people think that they are that I'm I'm blessing them with my friendship and I'm nothing but a good friend to them. <laughs> like, I've been nothing but nice to them. And they're coming back and saying, like, oh, I can't be your friend. Yeah, I was upset about that. I, th I do think it's a little suspect that after I won the veto, then all of a sudden Jackson went wants to be friends again. Yeah. Yeah, but whatever. That's showbiz. Babe. So you didn't feel like he dumped you to be with Holly? No, I think he did. <laughs> but I think that it was more like, it, so yes and no. I think that he saw, he saw Holly as somebody who he could ride with in the game together right. and be partnered in the game and that she, that she would balance him out in ways that he needed to be balanced out. Because I'll go ahead and say it. Him and I did not balance each other out in any way whatsoever because we're both very similar and we're both very reactive. Um, Holly was great for his game, and I truly believe that he would not have gotten as far as he did, let alone win, if it wasn't for Holly balancing him out. But it was that he saw Holly as someone who was going who was, who was going to be beneficial to his game. I do, and I'm sorry, Holly, you're my girl, but I'm going to say it. I do think that Holly did have an issue with how close me and Mickey were. Mm. And rightly so. Like, I get it because... I didn't have an issue with Holly because I didn't see Mickey in a romantic way. Holly did. She saw a future with him. She saw potential with him, whatever. So, of course, she's going to be a little rubbed the wrong way if he's hanging out with some other girl. So, I just think that all in all, if he 
for him to pursue something with Holly, he had to kind of break it off with me. But I do think it was kind of stupid that he couldn't even like be my friend. Show business. It's, sh it's showbiz, baby. <laughs> Ava Mangoni. Hi, Ava. What are your current thoughts on Jackson now compared to your thoughts of him in the Big Brother house? So Jackson is absolutely someone who is going to be my friend forever. Honestly, everyone in the house, it's so weird. You hate them so much when you're living with them. But then when you get out, you realize, okay, wait, these are the only 15 people that realize what I've been through and whether I like them or not, we can write on that together. And it's kind of like an unconditional love. Like I think Jackson's absolutely a shithead, <laughs> but at the same time, we've been through so much together that we always are going to be close no matter what. I think that there's a lot of things that he did that I don't agree with. And mm -hmm. I hope that he's able to grow on that. And, and I think that maybe this is a learning lesson to him that he needs to you know, kind of maybe not be so reactive in situations. Think about what he says to people, how he treats people. But honestly, there's a lot of us that need to maybe not learn the same exact lesson that he has to learn. But I know that there's a lot of like, none of us were squeaky clean, perfect. But there's a lot of learning that we all have to do together. So it would be so, it would be so ignorant of me to think, you know, like he's such a horrible person because he did this and this and this. Well, meanwhile, I did bad things too. And I think that as long as we all just kind of take whatever we learned and me for instance i think i see the good things that people say about me and the bad things and i also really take the time to think about what people have said negatively about my game because i want to become a better person and i think that that's something that jackson probably is doing as well mm -hmm. i am and i'll admit like we don't talk every single day like i i probably talk to i talk to nick holly just the most out of anyone but yeah i mean like i i'm never gonna live with him ever again in my life but <laughs> we'll be friends let's talk a little bit about Holly and your friendship with her like pre-show when it came out that you knew Holly which great job Jackson honestly that's my that's my bad Ugh. was that a point where you said "Uh oh I'm in trouble people are gonna kind of think of us three as a threat well so yes and no um I feel like that's my answer for everything so yes I did think that but I also okay maybe this makes me an absolute sociopath but <laughs> I'm going to sound like a total crazy person, but I, I convinced myself that I didn't know Holly. <laughs> I feel like I was like winning an Academy Award when I was trying, when like when the whole vote flip thing was happening, when right. I almost got evicted and I was fighting for my life. I felt like I was truly like an actress because in that moment, I had convinced myself that I didn't know Holly. Are you talking about um, week five? When everyone found out and then Tommy tried to flip the vote. Yeah. And then I went into the boat room and I had to convince everyone that I didn't Begging know her. For your life. Yeah. From that moment to like throughout Jess's HOH, I really convinced myself even like I was playing a part and I convinced myself that I didn't know Holly. So whenever I was having conversations, I really do did truly believe what I was saying, which is so messed up. Gosh. I've even seen people on like Twitter say things like the like the most dangerous thing about cat is that her she can lie and i was like wow y'all i was like y'all are so true because i was even believing my own lies at that point but so yes i was concerned that people were going to put us three as a trio but at the same time i was absolutely going after jackson whether him i mean we did have a final three but i had also told holly earlier on and sorry, Jackson, if you're listening, but I pulled her aside and I said, hey, I said, I still have your back 1000%, but I can no longer support Jackson. If I ever, like, I can't promise you that I'm going to have his best interest in mind. Like I have your best interest. 
And so Holly kind of knew that, yeah, we did have a final three, but I was going to turn on it if, at any given chance. And I was going to take, if I had ever won HOH, I was going to go after Mickey. And I feel like I had confided in that with so many people. I confided in it with Christy, with Tommy, with Jess, with Nicole. So I was kind of confused when everyone was saying like, well, you're working with them. And I was like, well, no, I'm not because of all the conversations that I had had where I had literally been in tears talking about how I the way that he made me feel I mean side note just based on like the because we would have a lot of explosive arguments and there was a lot of conversations that I had had that I was like these people can't possibly think that I'm really willing to work with this guy that they've seen the way that he yells at me and they've seen me cry and they've seen like the hurt that he's caused and I think that everyone started their second guessing everything and they thought that I was lying about me wanting to evict Jackson and then I was telling them no trust me I'm going to evict him but but looking back on it, I should have just, uh, I don't even know. There's so many thoughts that I could have done to save myself in that moment. So I asked Holly, and so I don't need you to answer it, but she said you guys kind of knew each other through pageants. You actually just, uh-huh. or she just posted a photo of you two at a pageant. <laughs> I know, we aged so good, or at least I aged so good, damn. Did you guys know that you'd both be on? So I saw her at finals. And I remember I saw her from across the room and I even like, I was like, I think that that's Holly. I think that that's Holly, but I also have kind of bad eyesight. I wear glasses and also I hadn't seen her in like two years and she was wearing braids and I've never seen her wear braids. So like, I was like, I'm 99.9999% sure that that's Holly, but I wasn't sure. And I was so paranoid because you, they, they give you this contract thing that it's like if we hear that you reach out to anyone, Mm. any former house guests or any potential house guests and you will be, you, then you'll be disqualified. And I was like, well, I'm not about to let her disqualify me. For all I knew is I could have reached out to her and been like, hey, were you at finals for Big Brother? And then she would have like turned back around and been like, hey, this girl just reached out to me, disqualify her ass. So all that to say, I knew that there was a, I knew there was a chance that she'd be in there, but I was way too paranoid to reach out to her to confirm. Well, what are the odds with that contract that they have two, two people in the house who know each other, you and Holly? No, and- I, I felt like I was on the fucking Truman Show. I mean, literally. But- but also, okay, so people, so yes and yes and no again. <laughs> the Christy Tommy stuff, that's absolutely insane that they knew each other. And I'm still pissed about it. I'll admit, I know a lot of people, especially in the pretty girl community, <laughs> because because of pageants, because of my modeling for Monster Energy, because of just social media, I follow every hot girl on Instagram. So the chances of me knowing another, like, I, I, I just feel like the chances of me knowing another house guest, actually really wasn't that far-fetched because I know so many people. So not only was, not only did I know Holly, but there was another girl from Dallas that was about to be cast, that was going to be cast, but Christy actually took her spot. There was another girl that was leaked. Her name her name was Holly, too. She was a blonde girl, makeup uh, makeup tutorial girl. That, she was cast for, or she was, um, she was contacted at the last minute as a potential cast member, and I knew her. And then there was a guy that was good friends with another friend of mine. So it was like, like there, that's four potential castmates. And trust me, before I left, because I keep up with all the spoilers, everything, because I was living and breathing it. Right. Oh, and then, come to find out, Cliff is like the cousin of my ex-boyfriend's mom or something like that. <laughs> what? I mean, no, trust me. I, I just know a lot of people, I guess. I, I have to, actually, I need to contact Cliff about that because I forgot that I had talked to 
my ex-boyfriend's mom about that. So before we talk about Nick and what people are calling the jury manse, originally when you were in the house, Nick was not one of your favorite people. Oh yeah, I hated Nick. Why did you hate Nick? It's funny because I'll actually look back on clips that were tagged, like live feed clips. And I actually loved talking with him while we were in the house. Hmm. There were times that we were really close and like we would talk a lot. But the thing that I didn't like about Nick was that I knew that flirting was part of his gameplay. Mm. And I always saw him snuggling up with Bella, sis, sis. with Tommy, with literally everyone. And I saw right through it. And I was like, he's doing that because it's part of his gameplay. So every time that he came up and was like, kind of like flirting with me or like trying to snuggle with me, I was like, this guy thinks that this is something that I'm going to fall for. And I guess I thought like, does he think I'm an idiot or what? And I actually think in the house, he did think I was an idiot, but I can't really get too mad about that because that was also part of my gameplay. Right. For, I do think he was actually one of the best game players of the season from strategy wise, but from being his fellow house guest i always thought that he was playing a very um kind of like a skeezy game i guess like he was playing both sides of the house and he was so charismatic and so manipulative that he was convincing every single person like for instance on tommy's hoh nick was clearly the problem in the house he was playing he was he was playing both sides he was going to holly and jackson and saying things he was going to tommy christie's sis and saying another thing and everyone knew what he was doing but nobody was calling him out on his shit. I'm gonna get pounded for this That's or whatever. Okay. That's okay. But, but I truly think that if there was a point in the game that Nick was the Tyler of the season. He was dropping so many little nuggets of information with every single person. And he was doing so with Nicole too. So it was a lot of the things, like for instance, the stuff that Nicole had gotten kind of uh, bullied for in the very beginning, you know, with the whole grateful thing. She was just kind of the weapon used by Nick. Mm. I mean, there was a lot of things that he was doing that I was like, this, like, this is a shady ass player. And he was conspiring to get rid of you. Yeah. And then he formed an alliance of six to get me evicted. After I had pitched him the deal of the century, a final two, because I knew that he also didn't really have like that one person. And well, I guess he, him and Nicole were pretty much a two and or one and two, but um, I had pitched him like a final two deal. It was I was like we were gonna be like the Tyler and Casey man, like we got this, and he turned it down to instead form an alliance of six to get me evicted. And then he followed two weeks after. And I, all I gotta say is that's karma. And in general, what about your game helped you to survive the block? several times, a few times in the house. With unanimous votes, actually. Yeah. So when I was on the block the first week and I had to drastically change my gameplay, I wasn't part of any alliance. Why did you not join bottom feeders? Um, I was never really asked to join bottom feeders. That was one of the questions we had. Yeah. So here's the thing is like there was a lot of alliances that I was actually used. Like I feel like I was used as a weapon like put in these fake alliances so people would be like oh she's in this because there was a time that people were saying that i was part of a alliance it was me holly jackson cliff we were the southerners mm. which that never happened and then there was another alliance that i was rumored to be a part of that was me tommy christy cliff jet or i don't even know but like there were and and when you're in the house you don't realize that these alliances are forming so at that moment when i realized that i didn't have an alliance that i wasn't necessarily fitting in i just had to focus on forming genuine relationships with everybody. Um, I'm a huge fan of the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yes. If you were to read that book, but then like 
twist it into a twisted ge- game of like lies and manipulation, it would absolutely be Big Brother. <laughs> it's true. So um, I, the whole time I was in sequester before leaving, I read that book from cover to cover and I was highlighting it, all these things that I could, that I felt could help me in the game. One of the things that I learned was that if you convince other people that it's their idea, say like if I have an idea, mm-hmm. I can't convince someone to follow my idea. I have to convince them that it's their idea so then they can take it and run with it. And on the same account, another thing is, is that if someone thinks that you're helping them, then they'll absolutely keep you. Everyone is selfish. Everyone, especially in the game of Big Brother, everyone is there for their own individual game. And if I wanted to survive in this game, I realized very early on that I had to convince everyone that by keeping me, I was, I was helping their game. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely saved me and it got me as far as I did because there was a time that Nick thought that I was his little bitch. Jackson <laughs> thought I was his little bitch. I think Christy thought I was her little bitch. Like, th- everyone thought, everyone saw me as like their little soldier as like, oh, well, I have to keep Catherine because she's a number for me. So I was basically just trying to convince everyone that I was working for them. I remember even telling, <laughs> I think I told Jackson one time, I was like, I don't even want to win. I was like, I want you to win. And, <laughs> and he believed me. I mean, and it's like thing, and I think I even said that to Jack one time, like it was during Jack's HOH. I remember having a conversation with him and I was like, I just want to, I was like, you tell me whatever you want me to do. I just want to make sure that you have the best HOH. It was like some manipulative stuff like that. And people thought I was stupid. People thought I was dumb, but they kept me around. True. So at the end of the day, if people think that you're working for them and if they think that you're benefiting their game, they'll keep you as long as they can until they'll trash you. And they almost trashed to me at the vote flip. And then that was kind of when I turned, flipped the script and I was like, nah, Fuck all you people. I'm going to stay alive. Yeah, but then I only lasted like two weeks after that, so joke's on me. (laughs) Well, let's talk about what you said about having genuine friendships. And then, of course, when eviction time came between you and Cliff, basically you were disappointed in Cliff because you were expecting the genuine friendship relationship thing, the holding people at their word, and he went the gameplay kind of route. Yes. I... And honestly, I look like such an idiot because because there I'm like saying like, Cliff, like, how dare you do this? No. And then everyone on Twitter is probably like, uh, it's a fucking game. Duh. <laughs> so I get it. And I still think, I mean, I haven't watched the show, so I don't know what everyone saw. But from my standpoint in the house, I thought that Cliff was absolutely the most strategic and savage game player other than probably Jackson. But because he was such a wheeler and dealer. And I think that maybe like, so him there was a lot of things that he probably that people think that he messed up on that were maybe good maybe bad moves for instance like when he evicted bella instead of jack and jackson or when he evicted tommy but i do think that it's because his gameplay was very similar to mine in the way of would he like so he has jack and jackson on the block grateful just evicted him he could have evicted jack or jackson at that moment but then all of Grateful would have come after him. Mm. And at that moment, it was more, I mean, I, and for the record, I actually told him that he should evict Bella, but whatever. But he, but it was very manipulative and strategic on his part because I think he was thinking, do I want to keep Bella and maybe be in the good graces of, say, Nick and Sam, and that's it? Or do I keep both Jack and Jackson and this entire alliance of eight, they're not coming after me. And because of the 
where that house because of the state of the house and there was a while that we didn't really know how to overcome grateful and the six shooters because they were so powerful and you had to be there you had you you can't make a number again or you can't make a move against them until you have the numbers to back it up right so that's another reason why i had waited so long well i mean i guess i never really won hoh but that was something that was in my head when i was kind of plotting to go against Jackson. I knew that I had to have the numbers to back me up because if I would have made a move and if I would have put him up, I would have had his whole alliance coming after me. So in Cliff's defense, he did make the right decision based on his personal gameplay at that moment because he would have absolutely had eight people gunning against him and it would have been horrible. Well, I guess six people at that point. So Cliff was a wheeler and dealer and he was making deals left and right to stay in the game and it got him to final four. I was disappointed because when cliff angel when cliff's angels formed i all of a sudden forgot everything strategic that i had done in the game because because i was so happy that we i thought that we had a good thing going that we could rise above and get everyone out i was like i, I mean i know i had a final two deal with holly but I was so ride or die with Cliff's Angels. I would have picked all of them over anyone in the house at that moment because it just felt so good to finally be at the top of the house. And I wanted to see them succeed. So when Cliff formed a deal that didn't include Jess, I didn't really care. Like I already knew that I was leaving at that point, but I didn't want Jess to, I didn't want Jess to be the next one after me. And I felt like with those six people, and especially because I knew that Nick was playing both sides, also working with um, Jackson and Holly, that move that or the alliance of six that Nick had formed, he did that to save himself because he knew that Mickey and Holly weren't coming after him. He knew that he was sitting good with those new six people. The only person, the next person to go would have been Jeff because she was the only one that didn't have anyone else there. I don't know. I mean, like, I wish that Cliff would have made a new deal that somehow included Jess in it. And it really didn't have anything to do with me. And then the moment that you start getting emotions involved in things, you start playing with for anyone other than yourself, that's when you make stupid decisions. <laughs> well, and then you get evicted and you only hug Jessica. Yeah, I, I was savage. <laughs> was that your your petty move? That one petty little thing you wanted to do? <laughs> Think about this. So, like an entire house of people just evicted me. True. Other than Jess, why would I give them a hug? And I don't know, I guess I'm just a strong believer in why would I show an act of friendship to someone who just evicted me? It's nothing against them. I get that it's a game, but they don't like me enough that they didn't want to continue in the game with me. So I'm not going to give them a hug on their on my way out. That just makes me look weak. Upon getting evicted, who did you think would be the final two? So I, every single week, they would ask me, who do you think is going to be next? Who do you think is going to be next? And I always thought it was going to be Jackson. I was like, because he was absolutely the biggest target in the house. I was like, there's no way. I was like, he's going to be the next one in. Or, and then a week would happen, he wouldn't be. I was like, he's going to be the next one here. I just know it. I never thought he would have made it to final two. I was leading the Cliff fan club in jury. Every week, I would have like a sick feeling in my stomach on the day that they announced a new jury member. Because I was like, if it's Cliff, I'm going to be so sick. I hope it's not Cliff. I hope it's not Cliff. So I'm very proud of him for making it as far as he did. I had a feeling for a while that Christy and Tommy were going to be in the final two. I also thought that Nick had a good shot of winning as well. So someone asked, you You kind of already answered this, but I want to just go over it really quick. You and Holly had a final two mm -hmm. promise, but 
you you admitted that maybe in hindsight that you might not have honored that final two commitment. It would have been so awkward if it got down to a final three and it was me, Holly, and Jess, and I wanted to age. Because being in that house, it was hard living with Grateful and Six Shooters because being a quote-unquote outsider, and this is nothing against them because now we're all moved past it, we're all whatever, but they made me, Jess, Nicole, Cliff, they made us feel like we were not as good as them. And it was very mob mentality. It was, And I think that it is just strong personalities. And of course, people are going to rise to the top. But there was a social hierarchy that was created that made us feel like we didn't belong and that we weren't worthy of being there. I think they were probably so shocked when they got out of the house and realized that Nicole was the fan favorite. Right. If you would have told them that in the house, they would have had no idea. They were so wrapped up in their game that they didn't care about us and we were and they we were used as weapons in their person in their game to further them and they just saw us as little pawns and they just saw us as little like oh like just put just put cat up like it's fine like no one cares like i remember at the round table they were trying to say how like you know we were weighing the pros and cons of each and we didn't know that nicole was going to be the third one out at that point at that or the third place at that point and we were saying the great things about her game and every single person because keep in mind jury was heavily grateful right they all said like well nicole played a floater game are we going to reward a floater game and i was like no nicole was not a floater she was she just wasn't in your alliance so you thought she was a floater because she wasn't y'all didn't y'all didn't respect her game because it wasn't your game and that's how they viewed every single one of us and sorry and i'm ranting now that's fine but it was a hard place to be and it was a very humbling moment i i wanted nothing more than to see me just nicole or cliff win just because we were kind of going against the odds and we had been treated like second-class citizens. But then of course with Holly, and I, and I will say Holly never, I don't think Holly necessarily ever treated us like that way. Holly did come to me many, many times saying how she didn't feel like she didn't feel right in the alliance that she was in. And I do think that her and Mickey kind of did have their own game going that was separate from six shooters. But there were a lot of things that she did just as far as like feeding Mickey information of things that I had said that did kind of cause some trouble in my game. Like, a, like sometimes I would tell her something in confidence about Mickey. I'd be like, please don't tell Mickey. She'd run and tell him. And I get it. But there were a lot of compromising things that she did for my game that at the end of the day, if I was weighing the pros and cons of both, I would I have taken Jess? And also with that being said, I think, I think that if it was me and Holly in a final two, I think I probably would have won against Holly. Sorry, Holly. But if it was me and Jess in a final two, I absolutely think that Jess would have won against me. But... I would have loved to take her to the final two. Well, isn't it ironic in many ways that the, the alliance that treated y'all like second-class citizens was not necessarily well-liked by America? Yeah, and showbiz, baby. They saw right through it. <laughs> yeah, well, and but it's crazy because when you're living in the house, you don't, you don't know what's going on on the outside. You know, you're t like people are basically telling you like, oh, well, I know America likes me. I know America likes it. You know, like they're are like walking around like it's their game that matters. Even in the jury house, when we had the America's Field Trip thing, and it was uh, Jackson, Sis, and Christy, I swear I was the only person in that house that was looking around and being like, y'all, America's trying to tell us something. These are three dangerous people that we need to get out. There's like something going on that we don't know about. That like, and for some reason, nobody thought that nobody thought that. And for instance, Christy, and again, I think that I actually thought that Christy was playing a great, I, she, if Christy had gotten to final two, she might've had my vote to win. Cause I thought that she was a great game player. But when she was put up as the third nominee, like 
and also I didn't know that Tommy and her knew each other at the time, but like Tommy and Nick were so gung ho and they wanted to win the veto because they wanted to take her off because they didn't think it was fair that America put her there. And I was like, okay, first of all, I think it's absolutely fair that America put her there because they know way more information than we know. Right. Jackson was the only one in that moment that admitted to us like, yeah, America hates us. Like he was the only one. Everyone else was like, no, America doesn't hate us. They were probably just voting and they didn't realize what the what they were voting on. Well, let's talk about the jury house. You and Nick, as you say, struck up a genuine friendship. Yeah, <laughs> quote, quote, genuine quote, unquote. <laughs> um, were you annoyed at all because you say there was no hooking up at all that during the jury segment that it was kind of presented that you and Nick were on some like romantic vacation together, basically? Yeah, I mean, was I annoyed? Here's the thing. When I signed up for Big Brother, I absolutely knew that I was a character in a show. Actually, at the very beginning, I, you know, you, I, I just made the decision. I even told the DR about this. I was like, hey, I know that y'all have a storyline. Like, I mean, I'm going to, like, when they would ask me questions, some people would be like, I don't want to answer that. I don't want to answer that. But whenever they would ask me questions, I'd be like, I'll answer it. Like, I'll do whatever. Like, I get, like, I get that. At the end of the day, it's entertainment, and I want to give the people the entertainment that they want and what they're watching for. So with that being said, I know that it's a show. CBS is creating entertainment. I'm not upset with CBS that they aired that because I get that it was a hot topic, and it made people blow up, and it was controversial, and I get it. But I just want everyone to watch the segment with no volume on, and you'll see that me and Nate, like, we're not acting any different then he acted with anyone in the house. Like, they, like, there was, like, a clip of me putting my head on his shoulder. Okay, I've put my head on lots of people's shoulders in yeah, the house. That's true. Like, there was a clip of him picking me up. Like, okay, that's also not that big of a deal. Like, because, it, because of the editing and because of the set of this romantic music, people are all of a sudden, like, they're fucking. And I'm like, okay, first of all, we weren't even, like, kissing or doing anything in that <laughs> segment. But at the end of the day, like, you know, people... And here's the thing about me and Nick. People are, people either love us or sh and they ship us so hard together or they absolutely hate us together. But they're equally as passionate about it. So if CBS was trying to get some good TV and get some controversy, they got it. So they're, they're the experts, not me. So what really happened? You guys sit down. I mean, you came out of it saying he's the greatest person and he's nothing like I thought he was in the house. Oh, I never, oh, I never said he was the greatest. Well, person. he was a great, he was a great part, a good friend. He is. He is a great person. He has a, he has such a great heart and I hate, it hurts me to see the things that are written negatively about Nick. Um, in the press, and I think that it, and I do think it hurt him to come out and see that he probably wasn't as well received as he was maybe hoping for. The Nick that I got to know in jury is absolutely is completely different than the Nick that was in the house. And I really liked the Nick that I got to know in jury. So when he got to the house, it was so funny because I, people they would ask me, you know, who do you think is going to be the next one, or like who do you not want to see next. And I would always say, I swear to God, if Nick comes in these doors, I'm leaving because I don't want to spend my summer with Nick. Like I just and and then when he and then when he got there, I cried. Like I like <laughs> I like the PAs in the house had to like talk me down because I was like, I just don't want to be stuck in a house with him. <laughs> um, and it, oh gosh, so embarrassing. And I went, I'm so dramatic. Um, but I remember he walked in. And before we sat down and watched the um, 
watched the clips of what had happened that week. He said, he was like, he's like, I just have to talk to Catherine. He's like, we have a lot of stuff to to hash out. And he sat there and he, and they didn't show this and I wish that they would have. Cause he sat on the couch with me and he apologized for everything that he did, the way that he had, the way that he had treated me, the gameplay moves that he had made against me. And he said that, you know, he always saw me as a friend and he hoped that it didn't ruin our friendship. And it was a very genuine apology. And he cried and I cried. It was, it was some like lifetime movie moments. (laughs) And then that night we sat on, um, we sat in the backyard in the little hammock and we sat and talked everything out. And it took hours because we had a lot to hash out, but it was absolutely genuine and we were on the same page. And, um, and then also of course, like when, uh, you know, when you're, I'm in a house with Jack and Sis, who are obviously spending so much time together. Just by default, me and Nick were kind of paired off too, because when Jack and Sis were doing their thing, we were doing our thing. We were doing Sudokus together. We were doing puzzles together. We were watching TV together. And I think that it was a shock to everybody, production, the PAs, uh, the other jury people, uh, because they were like, whoa, like Catherine and Nick actually are like two peas in a pod right now. It was, I'm just, I'm really, really glad for the for the time that we got to spend together because it really did make an otherwise could have been a miserable summer where I'm stuck in the jury house and don't feel like I have anyone to talk to, to I really had a good friend in Nick and I confided a lot in him and yeah, he was there for me when I needed him. Let's talk a little bit about Bella. She thinks Nick cheated. First of all, when Nick came into the jury house, did you think he was still with Bella? So, yes and no. So, <laughs> Nick, I, I say that about everything. Him and Bella, when, I know that when she had left, they were still, quote-unquote, together. But I also know that there was a lot of talk in the house about how Nick was snuggling up with Sis. And he was snuggling up with Tommy. And him and Sis, I mean, sorry, I'm, I mean, everyone saw it. Nick slept in the same bed as Sis one night. Yeah. And Nick was giving her foot massages. And I remember Christy even called him out. And it was like, if I was Bella, I'd be mad. I had, I did have a feeling that Bella's probably over his shit. Here's the thing, though, is Bella, she broke up with Nick over Twitter because of all the Sis stuff. Did Nick know that, though? I can't really, I don't want to get... <sighs> I don't know if I'm real, like, okay. Well, now, now I, now I've said it. Well, yes and no. Uh, no, I just, I just want to, mm, mm. he said the whole time he was like, I like, even if we were going to be romantically like in a relationship, or whatever, like, yeah, did he have feelings for me? Yeah. But he, at the same time, he was like, I have to talk to Bella. I have to talk to Bella. And he made that very vocal with everybody. And when, Bella broke up with him over Twitter. I just think it's a little crazy how she can break up with him over Twitter. She's obviously moved on. But then when there's something that shows that maybe there's the potential of he's moved on, all of a sudden, oh, no. Like, he, how, how dare he move on? Because she, even though she's moved on, how dare he move on? Like, you can't have your cake and eat it too, Bella. Like, you can't. And especially because me and Nick, that was... There was nothing going on that him and I were doing that was in that segment that was any worse than something that she'd already seen on live feeds. So I just think it's a little crazy how all of a sudden she's blaming me and she's telling people that she'd rather die than talk to me, which is super extreme. So you have not spoken, I'm assuming. Apparently, if we speak, she dies. (laughs) So no. I'm not going to be responsible for that. No, no. But I think it's a shame because it's kind of, I think it's kind of like one of those things that 
She did a post the other day, and I don't follow her, so feel free to call me out on. Let me look it up while you're talking. But she did this post the other day that was like it was like a thing for poopery or whatever, and it was like her in front of like a big like poop building or something, and it was like like it was like here's the picture with my ex, like alluding to Nick, mm. and I was like and I was like girl, like if you broke up with him over Twitter. If you made this statement on TV how it was over with y'all, then don't keep coming back to him. Just move on. And I don't know. I mean, I get it. I get that she's hurt. But at the end of the day, she was over him already. And now all of a sudden that it's convenient for her to play up this whole like, oh, Nick cheated on me on TV, even though in the segment we were not cheating. But... I just I think it's a little a little crazy and she also she went on Instagram live the other night and was saying how like I was horrible and I and she'd rather die than talk to me and I've had like a thousand surgeries and blah 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 but then meanwhile she invites Nick to be part of her Instagram live and it's like Bella is this is you hating me is this convenient for whatever PR stunt that you're doing Mm. or like are you really hurt about this and if you are hurt about this then let's have a conversation like a normal person because I haven't talked to her at all but meanwhile, she's giving Nick, she's talking to Nick all the time. They have the Instagram live together. They spent the entire day after we got released. They spent the entire day in Santa Monica. I mean, just come on. Like, let's be an adult here. Speaking of people that you've talked to, have you talked to Kemi? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, so Kimmy, I'm glad that you brought this up because this is something that um, I was talking about learning lessons earlier and how um, I wanted to leave Big Brother. And I truly think that I did leave Big Brother as a better person. It's a huge learning experience. You learn more about yourself than you ever thought imaginable. And something that I learned about myself is that I talk shit with the worst of them. And that's something that is not very becoming of me. It wasn't fair to Kimmy. And I did, rightly so, get reamed for it on Twitter. The thing about the Big Brother house is there's a lot of different people from different walks of life, different backgrounds, different personalities, and you don't have to get along with, you don't have to get along with everybody. And that's the beauty of it. But when you're locked into a house with somebody, if someone is getting under your skin, you can't really escape it. And I could have used that moment to reflect back and think, okay, like I don't, like there's something about Kimmy that rubs me the wrong way, whether it was warranted or maybe it was honestly just jealousy on my point on my part. I have, you know, I don't know, but there was something about her that rubbed me the wrong way at the point. And instead of being the bigger person and allowing myself to become a better person for it, I let it eat me alive. And I talked so, and I said so many rude things about her that absolutely were not fair to her at all. And I think that it shows who really the better person was in this scenario because it's embarrassing when I think of, when I see people say like, oh, well, you said this about Kimmy. And meanwhile, Kimmy didn't say anything about me. I mean, that I, it's embarrassing and, it, and it's absolutely something that I need to learn from. And I am trying to become a better person for that. Good for you. Thank you. I mean, I, well, and I, but it's not even good for me. It's like, I just want to be a decent person. And um, I, I mean, when I got released, I did see a lot of the, you know, a lot of, of course, on Twitter, people said, people calling me up, people sending me videos of things that I was saying rude about Kimmy. And I really did take time to look through all the tweets, all the critiques, and take the time to reflect. Because I could have, I could have easily been like, eh, like, whatever, like, haters, whatever. But these people really weren't haters. They were calling me out on my shit that needed to be called out. So I've taken the time to kind of reflect, become a better person for it. And after I felt like I was in a good moment, in a good place that I could actually move on and build from it, I reached out to her for an apo- to apologize. Um, she didn't 
message me back. But it's okay because at the same time, just like I didn't want to apologize until I knew what I was apologizing for, I don't want her to accept my apology until she's ready to accept it. It's something It's something that like I hurt her and I'm sincerely sorry for it and I don't deserve her to accept my apology. Um, but I hope, I hope that someday she does. Um, and I also, I did read, I did see her in Vegas, um, right after the show wrapped and I did kind of pull her aside and be like, Hey, just let you know, like I did send you a message to apologize. I said, I feel for, I was like, I just want you to know. So you see it. Cause you know, it, sometimes it goes in the other inbox and all that. I was like, I just want you to know, so you see it. And I want you to know that I'm sincerely sorry, but feel free to, you know, get back with me when you're ready. Um, so yeah, and that's all I can ask. Okay. The, I guess the elephant in the room is what the hell is going on with you and Nick? <laughs> well, stop toying with my emotions. So Nick came into town, um, I guess last weekend we went to the Cowboys versus Eagles game. Then we also got tickets to the world series. We had about three days of just us time out in the real world. And it was so much fun. I mean, but here's the thing is, so I'm, I can't be tamed, honestly. <laughs> I'm, am I looking to be in like a committed relationship right now? No, because I'm focused on myself. And I, 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 I'm kind of, you know, once you get released from the Big Brother house, everything is new. Like I'm having to like relearn how to grocery shop, how to keep up with my bills. I mean, not, I mean, not really that crazy. It was only a hundred days, but there's so many things that I'm having to do for myself that I really don't have time to, to foster a new relationship. Um, right now I will say that Nick is the person that he feels like home to me. And it's because we have been through so much together in the big brother house, but also in the jury house. And Nick was always there for me to talk through all my emotions. There was one time that I was even having a panic attack and he was like going through like breathing exercises with me to get me to calm down. He was wiping my tears away. Like he was there for me when I needed him. But are we together? I don't know. I mean, no, no. I, I... <laughs> well, yes and no. The only reason why I don't want to say no is because we're very important to each other. I liked this question. In general, what's harder, being in the house or being in the jury house, but still not being home? Oh, that is a good question. Um, but I think being in the jury house is a lot harder. Um, being in the house, although it was very stressful, it was so much fun to, like, just like the shenanigans that we would get into on an everyday, on a daily basis because we had nothing else to do. We were locked in this house and... Um, and it was almost like, and we were like running on like a little sleep. We were literally going crazy. We were, it was, but it was so much fun. And then we also had the escape of the DR. So if you were ever, you know, if there was something that happened that you needed to vent about it, then you go to the DR. And if there, and also you kind of, it was, it was exciting because you were filming a show and it was like, okay, like I'm here, I'm entertaining people. This is so much fun. But it was hard being in the jury house when you know that your game's over, there's nothing else you can do but you're still, you're still revolved around this game. That's all you can think about. That's all you can dream about. That's all you can talk about. The other thing is, and I hate that I'm, I hate to like be like slamming, slamming grateful so much, but when I was, nah, nah. No, but, when I, but when I was in the jury house, it was all of grateful with an exception of me and Jess. Um, and they were convinced convinced that they were the best Alliance of all time. Ew. Like, no, I, I know. And I, we would all like, we would honestly get in like, kind of like not arguments about it, but it was like a hard place to be because Nick and Jack would talk about how, and said they would all talk about like how grateful was the greatest alliance of all time. 
And then I and then I would say like y'all lasted for two weeks, if that. <laughs> And then they were like, yeah, but like, but how many HOH wins did we have? How many this did we have? And I was like, well, y'all, y'all weren't together when you had the HOH wins, but whatever. With all that being said, it was very hard. And it really, I want to be careful about my words here, but it really did put me in a little bit of a dark place. Being in the jury house, having to hear about how this alliance that I wasn't a part of was the greatest of all time and how their their game was what mattered. Their Everything that they did was what mattered. And they kind of would talk about me and Cliff and Nicole and Jess and even like the pre-jurors. They would all kind of talk about us as if we were just like these little like weapons in their game. And these little like, like we didn't matter in their game. All I can say is that it was very humbling to be to to be the outsider and i wasn't in with the quote-unquote cool kids right and not necessarily that i've ever been like the cool kid because i wouldn't say that but i usually get along with everybody but i definitely have never been in a situation where i was very much on the outs and people didn't think that i fit in with them and it was very humbling but i'm so glad that that happened because in the first the first two weeks that i was in the house and i was trying to sell the victim they wouldn't let me (laughs) i learned so much about myself um to where I can I can be my own person, I can be independent, but also I never wanted anyone to feel that way that I did when people were sitting there telling me, oh, I can't be associated with you because it's bad for my game. And just making me feel shitty. So that every so every time something happened, like for instance, when um, when Nicole was going through after she, you know, when the whole blow up happened and she was sitting there crying for like two days, I was like, and at the time me and Nicole weren't close, but, I knew that I didn't, I knew exactly how she felt. So I made sure to, like, I, I went and I made her an Sunday or I, you know, I got her her water bottle. Like I was trying to do things that would make her feel better because I was thinking about what, how to, when I was in that situation, I wanted someone to be like that for me. And, you know, same thing with Cliff. Me and Nicole went, like, when he was, he was HOH, but he was very much an outsider when he was HOH and no one was talking to him. Me and Nicole went up and we cleaned his HOH room because we wanted him to feel like he was loved and like he belonged. And, um, and I think that maybe that's something that would I have, what, like, would I have done that had I been kind of included on the cool kids and, like, been, like, you know, it felt like I would mattered from day one? Like, no. I mean, well, I, I actually, I like to think that I would have. But I'm, but I think that going through that and being on the outs of everything made it, it made me realize it doesn't matter who you are, what people think of you, everyone matters and everyone should feel like their game matters. Preach. Yeah. Right. I have two more questions and they're both random. Okay. Have you met or slid into Brett, Brett Robinson's no. DMs? Oh, Brett doesn't. Okay. So Brett hates me. Why? I don't know. How would you know that if you've never even talked? Maybe I came on too strong. <laughs> but you know what? Okay, I made him relevant in season 21. So you're welcome, Brett. But um, <laughs> no, but on it. So am I really that obsessed with him? No. I'm, well, actually, honestly, maybe I am. But <laughs> but no, I'm not. It, it Honestly, it kind of became a funny thing. The timing of it was so funny because it was right at, like, as soon as I started, like, kind of, like, talking about my crush on him, it was like right after Jackson had had like kind of like quote unquote broke up with me. It was with Holly, and it was like it could have easily everything could have easily been spun in a way of like you know cat like I mean I wouldn't have let it be spun it, but like it could have easily been a very awkward love triangle kind of thing. But instead, I was like, wait a second, Mickey, you're an off brand version of Brett, and forget you. I, I'm in a showman with Brett, and it became like a running joke and. 
everyone in the house loved talking about it. Like, it was just it was just so funny for everyone. So it honestly became more of a bit than true love. And I'm so sorry, Brett, if I just broke your heart by saying that. <laughs> he he will be heartbroken. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, like if he slides into my DM. Okay. Well, also he's in a relationship, so don't slide in. Last question. The challenge. Girl, do you think I'd be fit for the challenge? I mean, let's go back to Otev when I had to battle Cliff for the rope and I cried for two days about it. I am not fit for the challenge. I feel like you would be great, but only because I love you on my TV screen. I would rather go back for a BB All-Stars. And I, because I really love the CBS family. I, I have nothing but positive things to say about them, nothing but great experience with them. So I hope that I can stay within the CBS family and, you know, cap for BB All-Stars or, or do Amazing Race or Survivor, you know, something like that. You could do Survivor, but not the challenge. Can you imagine me on Survivor, though? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, would, I know, I would be so But the bad. fact that you just, like, casually said that. I honestly, okay, but also keep in mind that I don't watch TV. So I haven't, I haven't seen the challenge Survivor or Amazing Race. More power to you. You do what you want. I'll watch you either way. Okay, sorry I've kept you for so long. You're just no, so I love it. To talk to. Oh, I could, I could talk Big Brother all day. I mean, okay, well then I'll ask a few more questions. Sorry. Do you still not use water when brushing your teeth? No. I, yeah, and I, but I've tried. <laughs> tried. I've tried. Yeah, like I didn't know that that was like a thing. I don't know. What is one insanely disturbing or disgusting thing that you would rather do than eat a blueberry? Oh, everything. Everything. <laughs> no, like, I don't know why. I, I... Blueberries are so harmless, though. Like I know. No, trust me. I've heard that they're, like, the best. They're really great, but also super harmless. Like, of all the things. And I don't know what it is. It's absolutely, like, a mental thing. Okay, do you remember? I don't know if it's still a thing, but you remember when people used to get, like, hypnotized to, like, be on diets and, like, hypnotized for, like, sleep apnea? Yes. I think I would have to be hypnotized. To eat a bloob? To get, to get over this whole blueberry oh. thing. Because like, it's absolutely a mental thing. And I don't know what it is. And also, I love blueberry donuts. Did you have, like, a traumatic blueberry incident? No, I've never eaten a blueberry before. I Just a blueberry donut. You know, sometimes, like, people make you a parfait. And it's like, if there's blueberries in it, I can't even, like, eat the rest of it. Like, I'm like, oh, it's, it's tainted. <laughs> Take it away. Oh, this has been a true joy. Thank you. No, thank you. This has been so much fun. Please um, share your social media and, and your YouTube channel and, and tell everyone where to follow you and to learn about you and Nick and all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, follow me on Instagram. It's at Kat Dunn, K-A-T-D-U-N-N. That's where it all goes down. Obsessed all with Instagram. All everything. Um, and then by the time this gets out, my first YouTube video will be out. Um, it, subscribe to my channel. It's youtube.com slash Catherine Dunn. Subscribe to my channel. <laughs> yeah. Subscribe to my channel, which sounds so funny. People have always said that. And now I'm so pumped that I can say it. <laughs> so I'm going I'm, to, I'll make a t-shirt that says subscribe to my channel. Please. Catherine Dunn, my name, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-D-U-N-N. Um, and yeah, keep up with me. Oh, and, and where can people buy Conspiring Bitches shirts? So if you go to livelovegameday.com, there it says Cat Dunn by Live Love Game Day. And that's where all the shirts are. Or just go to my Instagram. It's in my link in bio. That's probably the easiest way to get there. Next time I'm in Dallas, we're hanging. Oh, we're hanging. Okay. Have a good rest of the day. You too. Thanks for having me. You're the best. <laughs> Bye, Cat. <laughs> Bye.